0: Well, this, the scoreboard said I lost today, but what the scoreboard doesn't say is what it is I have found. And it's
1: the Tess Connected studios for August 26th, 2021. I'm Nima Naderi alongside Parsa Sammy, and we're here this week to preview the US Open. Let's introduce our co-host for this week, Parsa. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. How are you? Doing very good. I think we're both in scorching temperatures in the, uh, the eastern seaboard here. I mean, it's just been crazy the last two weeks. We're like, every day is like over 100. I mean, it's I mean, if we're talking Fahrenheit and Celsius, I mean, it's like 42 Celsius here today with the Humidex. So it's just been, it's been crazy. I don't know what's going on, but it looks like it's going to subside as of tomorrow here anyways. I don't know how New York looks going into next week on Monday
0: for the main drop. Yep. It looks, but, it looks choppy. You know, the whole summer has been choppy out here and um, yeah. it looks like it's going to continue. It's, it's scorching hot today. And then uh, there's a uh, seventies in the forecast for next week with some rain. And so who knows?
1: Well, that's good though. I mean, first of all, US Open doesn't really matter because it has two roofs, one. And it's just, I think the more pleasant the better for everybody, fans and and players alike. So Parsa, it's been a while since we spoke with everybody, since our Wimbledon preview. Uh, A lot has relatively transpired since then, and frankly a lot hasn't. We haven't seen Fed, barely saw Nadal, haven't seen Serena, barely saw Djokovic probably the four biggest names right now in tennis uh, period. Uh, Federer announced that he's done for the year. Uh, Knee surgery. Uh, Nadal showed up in Washington, played two matches, beat Jack Sockton, lost to uh, Lloyd Harris, showed up in Toronto, then pulled the ripcord on his season, saying that his foot has flared up since the French Open, and he's done for the year. He's going to try multiple treatments, and hopefully he'll be back for 2022. We have serena williams who pulled her hamstring at wimbledon and i believe the first or second round and she withdrew yesterday along with her sister uh, venus williams dominic team as we know is also out Uh, sophia kennan got Kovitch; she's out so i mean there's just a slew of players that have withdrawn for the tournament you can add milos raunich as well to that mix former top three player um, so it's going to be. I still think that the tournament is bigger than everybody. You know what I mean? Like bigger than the players, because U.S. Open is such a grand event, such a big tournament. So I still think it's going to do well, and it's going to be a buzz. You also have full capacity crowds, which you know give it to the Americans to just say, "What's COVID?" and let's just keep this <laughs> keep the ball rolling. And you know, we had the, the National Bank Open here a couple weeks ago, and we had about three, four thousand people only in the stadium, no other. Uh, Uh, stadium was allowed to have any fans so it was it was interesting i mean but everybody was pretty relaxed during that tournament but there was a bubble for the players but since no bubble you know winston-salem no bubble new york certainly no bubble you see the players on social media walking around doing whatever they want um so that's obviously interesting to see uh, but it's going to be an interesting tournament, Parsa. So before we get into a little bit of, you know, the end of an era, a little bit on Sasha Rev and then get into the the two draws. What are your thoughts so far on the development of the uh, the summer season?
0: It's been a, uh, it's been kind of like I think what everyone's been feeling. Um, you know, we're we're in a unique time of the world in existence, and uh, you know, there's all differing opinions, and I think tennis has. Has been a part of that that, that sort of up and downness, and you know, with with the changing of the guard, that's obviously clearly now happening, um, or so-called quote unquote end of an era, you know, you've got people, you know, fans, players, athletes, coaches, everyone alike, um, are under one umbrella here, and everyone's trying to make the best of it as much as they can, and, um, I think, uh, you know. What New York's trying to do is, uh, we do have well over 70% vaccinated, you know, perhaps that'll make a difference, Uh, I don't know. Um, But obviously with new variants and things like that, it's, no one really knows in these things scientifically. Um, And, you know, in terms of the tennis, um, it's a little bittersweet, you know. I I prefer to see my heroes go out in front of me than, you know, keep pulling out of tournaments and and keep going under the knife. And, um, you know, I'd rather be a a lot more into it, say my goodbyes, you know, think of all the memories, see my top 10 greatest shots of Federer at the U.S. Open, let him wave to the crowd, cry, the whole thing, you know, give a real proper send off. Um, Generally with Fed, you know, who I think is the most serious of of all of them in that a third surgery on the same knee in a short amount of time means they just can't get it right. And so, you know, the more you go in there, the more scar tissue you build up, it's just it's just not a good scenario. And I mean, we all have to be prepared. We may never see him again, or we may see him, you know, a shadow of himself, you know, just to go to Wimbledon, wave his hands and say goodbye, you know, um, which would be terrible because he's, you know, a masterclass champion of, of all time. I mean, really um debates aside you know the guy is uh you know crosses all barriers and and is well loved by almost everyone around the world and um you know would love to see a proper send-offs for our heroes who've been part of the game for over 20 years now so um definitely would uh would hope things turn for the better and at the same time, Nima, you look at the US Open, you look at a kid like Al Karaz coming up on the men's side, you know, there's some, some serious young talent um, that are a little shoddy, you know, they, they've got the mix of I can keep every ball in the court and they've got massive firepower. They just have no clue how to use it properly, when to use it, what to do. And so you're seeing a lot of up and down scores from the youngsters. Um, I think that's pretty interesting from the women's side. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen such a complete player like Ash Barty. Um, you know, she could do literally everything. So, uh, you know, if, if she's feeling it mindset-wise, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone better than her right now in the world. Um, sure, there are, are, are ladies that can hit the cover off the ball um, and, and do damage. But there's a lot of parity in the women's game, which is good. Um, you know, because you just really don't know who's really going to come through. Um, but And I think that's evident throughout the summer season so far after Wimbledon on both sides. You, you sort of are seeing who who stands on top. And so, I you know, I hope that it's going to be a bit more of a star-studded ending to this U.S. Open. I think that's my one wish. Um, not that I want to see the same people over and over again, but I do want to see high-quality matches. I don't want to see, like, you know, Djokovic versus... I'm just going to be exaggerating, but like the the 60th player in the world, it's going to be a final that's 6-2, 6-1, 6-2, you know, and that's not fun. Uh, I definitely want to see drama and especially with the crowds in effect, I want to see the, lots of hooting and hollering, booing, all of it. This is the, what makes makes the US Open awesome, um,
1: mm-hmm. you know, and I hope it happens again. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, a couple side issues before we get into the draw preview, we have Alex Zarev, who, you know, I mean, coming in super hot, let's be honest. He won the gold medal at the Olympics, beat Djokovic after being down a set and a break. Comes into Cincinnati, never won a match there, Parso. Not even one match. 0 for 6. Won the tournament, right? Then yesterday, Ben Rothenberg dropped another bomb on his head uh, with a follow-up article to last year about the domestic uh, violence and abuse that he had with his ex-girlfriend. Um, so it's interesting to see how he he responds. I mean, I think from what I understand is you're not allowed to ask him any questions about that in the media. So that's, that's one variable to this. I think the ATP is kind of like staying away from it, which a lot of people are aggravated with. They don't know why they're not doing something about it. Um, I mean, it looks like it's a legit claim. I don't know 100%. I mean, it looks like it from the article and the pictures and everything. Uh, but I think maybe the ATP is waiting for legal action to see what what you know some if they're going to press charges. But it doesn't look like the girl wants to press charges. So as a result of that, that's where it's a bit tricky, right? So I don't know what what's going to happen. But it's just not a good look. I mean, no. imagine this guy wins the U.S. Open, yeah, and the which AT, is the ATP
0: has to is, yeah the ATP has to regulate their players. I mean, it doesn't make sense.
1: No, it doesn't. But again there's things where you know you have to, it comes into a sense where there's like the authorities have to take over this is it's not necessarily a tennis matter right if there's allegate i'm not saying it's not true or false so i just want everybody out there to hear me i'm what i'm saying is is it looks like it's true so as a result of that now what happens because if if you get a speeding ticket, the ATP is not gonna do anything, right? You gotta get, or you, you know what I mean? You get, you gotta deal with that with the, wherever you got to ticket from. You know, if you shoot somebody, what happens? Then the ATP is gonna come and suspend you? Probably. Well, you, you have to,
0: what the other sports do and what they've learned, right? This is not the first time an athlete's been involved in some sort of high stakes drama. You know, they, they end up having independent investigations. They literally, the ATP needs to spend money. And hire a firm to do their own independent investigation of what what the police is doing. And I don't think they've done anything. They haven't done anything, that, and so and so that, you know they're they're saw, right, right, yeah. right, exactly. The threshold of going to jail versus the threshold of what's possibly warranting a suspension or a big fine to say, hey, you're making us look bad, is you know two separate things. Like you you could be guilty of. Inappropriately doing something, but you may not be necessarily guilty of a crime, right? So, that is that is what the NFL has learned the hard way. Baseball, football, all of them have have really been through all sorts of uh, controversies, and you know, uh, I'm not sure that the handling of the ATP. This is
1: it's looking worse for the ATP by not doing anything. I'll put it that way. Especially because he's doing really well. If he was getting torched like if he lost first if he was like 84 in the world right now and he lost first one this is your gold reigning gold medal winner for the olympics and he just won one of your biggest tournaments of the year based on the atp tour right because that's the atp tour that's one of their nine showcase events right and it's just it's incredible right and he's ahead of nadal now in the rankings too i think he's like four in the world so yeah it's i mean listen it's it's a big problem there's no question about it and let's see what happens i mean if the atp really wants to make a you know an impact they'll get rid of them right now but i can you can bet your bottom dollar that they're not going to do that so i mean that's pretty much where where i stand on it. it's unfortunate all around for everybody involved and uh, i just hope that it uh, you know we get some closure on this because it's obviously unacceptable behavior for anybody um so I think with that being said Parsa I'd like to jump into the draw let's start with the, on the women's side I mean nobody has looked as impressive this year as Ash Barty as you were alluding to I mean she's the complete package she's got everything and if she, she's feeling it there's no reason why you know she's not taking home this title to go along with the previous French Open victory as well as her you know her uh, her win earlier this summer at Wimbledon um, she starts off against a little bit of a head case in Zirana Reva. Uh, and, I mean, her draw looks pretty workable. I don't see her with too many issues coming forward. And, I mean, for that reason, I have her definitely going into the semifinals. Uh, and who I have her facing off against is Paula Badosa from Spain. I love what I'm saying from her. I think she's great for the game. Very charismatic player, very marketable. And uh, I think she's she's got a great future in front of her as well too. I mean, you know, it's a it's a company's dream to have have her on your side. And you know, you look at you know Pliskova, who's around her as the fourth seed, and and Rescue, who I'm really losing faith with. You know, by the, by the tournament, I think she's coming forward always with excuses, and she's becoming one of those players. Like every time she loses, the ankle starts hurting. You know, her shoulder's not right, and. It's just there's too many excuses, right? Like you won the US Open, amazing year, two thousand nineteen, won six, seven million bucks. You know, you're you're all over the world wearing Gucci and Versace and you know, showing off and doing all of this stuff, which is great. You know, you deserve it, you've earned it. But you gotta come in and just put your head down and stop making excuses every single time. And you know, I'm extra hard on Canadian players because obviously I'm from Canada. Uh and she's just gotta she's just gotta shut her mouth and, and get on the court and, and play well. And that's really what it comes down to. And if you want to prove that 2019 wasn't a fluke, you got to come in and and give us the goods, right? And I don't think she's going to have it this tournament. I don't think she's where she needs to be. I think Badosa has been playing really well. And for that reason, I have her uh, squaring off against uh, Bardi in the semifinals. And then moving to the bottom half, Parsa, Svitolina, or I would say Elena Mafi. who congratulations to her and Gail, who just got married. Uh, she also got the bronze medal in Japan. She's coming in feeling good, maybe a little bit overwhelmed by you know the summer. She's been all over the place, and including obviously getting married. But I still like her game. I still think she's got a very professional, and she's very fit, and she's gonna have you know a good game going forward for this tournament. So I have her in the semifinals, and then in that bottom quarter. I mean, Savalenka's had a good year, but still too much of a head case for me to write her into the final four on a consistent basis. So I I have her probably bowing out earlier than she should. And, I mean, Azarenka is there, made the finals here a couple of years ago, losing to, to I believe, uh, Osaka, I think, even last year, sorry. Uh, And I have, I mean, I think I'm going to be going with Muguruza, who play, can play well on hard courts, a little bit under the radar. Uh, and then to back and pad that a little bit, I'm gonna have my dark horse as Donna Beckett, who faces off against Muguruza in the first round, so I give myself a little bit of a, a backing there, somebody move on um, to 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 go forward. So I have Bardi, Badosa, Svitolina, Muguruza, and then I'm gonna have uh, a Barty muguru final with Bardi winning her second slam of the season. How about yourself, Carson? Yeah, I
0: definitely, uh, from the top half um, or the top quarter, top half, uh, whatever it is, the top quarter, I'm definitely going to have Ash Barty coming through. Um, she's definitely going to be my first same friend, so I, the, She is, as I was alluding to in the beginning, um, just a complete player. Uh, and I'm not sure that... You know, it's going to take something extraordinary for her to have a bad day, or you know, very windy conditions, or some something's going to have to be a little bit strange for her to bow out. But I feel like she's going to find a way as long as her her mind is in the right place. Um, I'm going to have her facing um, Pluskova in the bottom half there, you know, of this section anyway. And uh, you know, Pliskova's just a big hitter. You know, generally faster courts at the Open. Um, you know, and, and someone like that can really Punnel her way through, um, you know. Interestingly enough, you skipped over Osaka in, in this next section here. Um, you went with Mrs. Uh, Monfi there. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I've got Hallup there, Goff there, and Osaka there that are all you know definitely Very catch. Cool. Yeah. What, catch, do you, what,
1: what do you think of them?
0: I mean, they all catch my, including Georgie as well. And Georgie Hallup first round is going to be a blockbuster. Um, you know, but I, but I actually you know what it is, it's a little strange, but I'm liking Halep for some reason, and I know she's been struggling, but she's-
1: undercooked. very undercooked though, she hasn't been playing.
0: Yeah, she hasn't been playing, and she's always a tough out, no matter, even when she's not playing that well, she's just difficult to put away. Um, And then I'm so curious about Osaka to see see how she, if good vibes come back in New York, if the crowd picks her up, you know, I don't know, You, you know, I've always alluded to this before, Nima, Osaka for me is like a, she's a, a cause type of athlete. If she's got a cause and she's got a belief, she'll go to the ends, you know, and will, will sacrifice herself literally to, to make that cause heard. If it's for herself, I think, you know, you're kind of seeing that battle play out on the open stage and, um, you know, who knows? I, you know, it's so unknown with her, with how many distractions she'll have. You know, she's got a lot of sponsors. They're definitely gonna want a piece of her in New York. Um, you know, the media oh, no. capital world So I I, I I, have yet to decide there So I'm going to skip that and go to the bottom half Because I'm a little bit more sure on the bottom half And believe it or not um, It's my wife who really likes watching Danielle Collins And, um, you know, I just She's just got this chip on her shoulder That I don't know I think she can motor her way And BS her way Not BS, it's, it's for real But, you know, three-setter Come back from a breakdown in the third You know Win in two and two the next round, then, then win seven, six in the third, then come back. You know, I just can see some embattled, you know, warrior standing there with literally athletic tape all over her body in the semifinal where she will lose. Um, so I'm going to have Collins in the very bottom and, and going back to that third section. I'm going to go with Osaka, Nima. Um, I don't know. I, if anyone's going to be able to power through anything, it's her. Um, and she's just got good vibes here, so I'm gonna go with Osaka. So that leaves me with Barty Pliskova, Osaka, and um, Collins. And I'm gonna have Osaka advance to the final on the bottom there. And then I think it's game on. Um, I think I'm gonna have Barty Osaka, which is what everyone wants to see, including myself. Um, and I think we're just gonna be in for it. And I think here's the thing: I think Ash <laughs> Barty's gonna win the tournament, right? But if Osaka's there just you got to take osaka because if she's there at that stage and she's playing well enough to be there after seven matches then i i think she is the best player in the world because she just like barty may not have as many uh different v- varieties of things but she can serve you off the court and she can hit you off the court and she can keep some balls in the court when she's playing well i don't know you know i i think she's a next level in a couple of aspects than than barty although barty is more well rounded so um for the confusion purposes or for purposes of clarity, I'm gonna go with Osaka as the champion. Um wow. and uh, and I'm gonna go with Barty as my as my very, very close number two if for some reason Osaka can get there. Um in terms of my my dark horse, um, you know, I definitely look at that bottom half. I'm trying to find someone who I actually believe can advance through the tournament. Um and is unseated, you know, and I don't know, There, there isn't much out there. Um, you know, I, I, I look through, you know, one name, you know, that sort of pops out to me is Claire Liu, I think she's, she's a, a you know, an American who um, yeah, can definitely play some ball and definitely a hardcore player. Um, I look at her as she could do some damage, but then I see also she's gonna run into Barty and she's gonna lose, so. Um, that's going to be my one to watch. How about that instead of Dark Horse?
1: Yeah, I think, listen, you know what? Sometimes you got to look at what's good for the tournament, what's, and then what the people want and stuff like that. Obviously soccer right now, she's got a big fan base. You know, a lot of people like watching her. So if she does well, it's great. I just, you don't know, right? Like she hasn't played, has she played this year? Like what she's, so she played, I'm saying in the summer. So she played Japan, she lost early to Vonda Rusa. Uh, and then she lost early in Cincy. She skipped Canada. She skipped Montreal. So I don't know. She didn't play Wimbledon. You don't really know what headspace she's in, right? Right. So that's that that for me, I think she's for sure top one or two hardcore players in the world. Yeah. She's won four Grand Slams on that surface. That goes without say. Maybe even better than Bardi. But again, it's a This year has been a tough year, defending champion, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, you talked about a cause, you know, Haiti just had that earthquake again, definitely is going to be on her mind to do something there. She might even say, listen, I'll donate all my prize money to the people of Haiti. There could be something, right? There's definitely, I think, you know, a reason for her to to fight and,
0: and do well. She just has to get engaged, exactly what you're alluding to, Nima, right? Like... That's why I said, like, if she's there in week two, that means she's in form, right? But if if she's going to go out, she's going to go out in these first three matches, you know? Exactly. So It's just that if she gets, but we don't do a podcast every day to update you guys. So (laughs) I have to sort of put the asterisk out there that she's on my mind and she should be on yours too.
1: No question. No question. Well, anyway, it's going to be, I think, an interesting women's draw. As we move forward now, one of the biggest... um, you know, things that we're gonna be looking for at the US Open is can Novak Djokovic complete the career, uh sorry, the calendar year Grand Slam by winning all four majors. He's already obviously bagged first three, comes in trying to be the first guy since Rod Laver and I believe in 69 to do this. Uh he fell obviously short at the Olympics uh by um you know losing to Zarev part of and then Batista Gut no, not Batista, good of Busta in the, in the bronze medal match. Um, so it's going to be, but we haven't seen him all summer. So he's coming in, you know, he was at Tepserovic's academy in Serbia training and playing with some of the guys there, like Troiki and Tepserovic and a couple of the juniors. Now he's in New York, he's been training with Pospisil and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting. Listen, does he have any reason, Parsa, not to be confident? Absolutely not. Is he feeling good? Yes. Is he fresh? Yes. Has he won this tournament before? Yes. I mean, is he the absolute odds on favorite? No question. Is Federer there? No. Is Rarinka there? No. Is Team there? No. Is Nadal there? No. All Grand Slam champions. So it's to me, it's gonna take a monumental effort from anybody to take this guy out. Certainly not going to be Mr. Qualifier in the first round. Struff, again, has a big game, but Djokovic has a great record against him. He's going to break down his forehand. Maybe Kuretsev is a guy. He had an amazing start to the season. The guy's an excellent hardcore player. Nishikori, maybe another guy in round three, plays a similar game. Uh, but, I mean, Djokovic absolutely you know, wiped the floor with him in Japan. Like I think it was 0-2. This could get scary. I mean... Forget about the first round, but going on from round two, let's see how Djokovic looks because, you know, if if he's, you know, if he beats Struff like one, two, and two, and then he destroys Nishikori, I don't think he's going to, he might not even lose, he might lose two sets in this tournament. You know, then you got a guy like, you know, who's his, uh, who's the guy that he would face? So he's got Berrettini. I don't think, Berrettini, listen, Berrettini, I like Berrettini. He's good for the game. He's just not consistent enough. To do much damage, I think against Djokovic, especially on the hard court. Maybe on grass, he served big in that Wimbledon final, grabbed a set. But, and he might even get a set here. But I, again, I don't think he has he has enough to. His backhand's not good enough, and he's not consistent enough, frankly, overall. um Especially so, in a best of five, right? And it's best of five, yeah. So I, I I think well, you know, when I look at you know, no question, Djokovic for me in the semis. Uh, and then aside from him. You know, you've got mafis who's been playing some decent ball, but again, not consistent enough. Zarev playing incredible. In terms of form, you would think he would make the semis, But now with this new article that came out yesterday, there's going to be so much stuff going on. If I were him, I would completely stay away from anything social media related. And, you know, just put my head down because, you know, people are coming at you with this story, you know, left, right and center. You got Yannick Sinner, who, like you said, he's one of those amazing young guys, like Alcaraz, has been very patchy now this year, played amazing, lose first round, Miami finals, lose two, three weeks in a row, didn't win a match on grass, I believe. And you know, like, so he's all over the place. Got Hatchinov who played well at the Olympics, not bad in Canada, but then losing early. You have Shapovalov, who, you know, made the Wimbledon semifinals, then lost first round Toronto, which was a horrible match, lost first round to Pear, who's resurrected a little bit in Cincy. So does he do anything here? Who knows? But listen, with all that being said, for me, I'm taking Sinner uh, to, to be aside from Djokovic in, in the semifinals in the top half. Then moving down to the uh, to the bottom quarter, we got guys like Rublev, we have uh, oj al Yassim. we got you know uh, christian garin we got cam nori who's had a good year we got hubert from france who's an amazing player i really like this guy parsa i saw him again in toronto he lost first round to sisipas but this guy's got top 10 written all over him lefty really good forehand really good backhand he's very wiry looks durable i think he's destined for the top 10 no problem then we got sisipas who's playing well but for me, I think he's still very devastated from losing in the finals of the French Open after being up two sets. Still don't think he's fully over that. You saw him going down straight sets to, to, um, to what was it, in Wimbledon he lost to the American guy, your boy, yeah. uh, TFO, yeah. straight sets. Uh, and I think that he's kind of still a little bit scratchy. And for that reason i i think something might happen to him and he's got andy murray in the first round even though i think he's going to beat him relatively easily then we got isner who's playing all right brandon nakashima who's i think got a really good future in store for him then we got dimitrov who's a bit past his prime at this point schwartzman who's good for two or three rounds uh Silic, who's a former winner here but i think again he's kind of done and then we got definitely medvedev who's going to have something to say in this tournament So, I mean, I got Sisyphez and Medvedev going into the semis. I got Djokovic taking out Sinner in straight sets. And then he's got probably Medvedev in the finals. Could be four, could be five sets. But I don't think there's anybody beating Mr. Novak Djokovic in this tournament. And I got Djokovic winning the title. How about yourself? And sorry, Parcel, one last thing. I have Sebastian Korda, really good up-and-coming American who's had a great year. Really good head on his shoulders as my dark horse.
0: Yeah, I very good. I I'm um,
1: similar to you.
0: I mean, I, I don't think Djokovic is going to be stopped here. Um, you know there are landmines there. Um, I, I look at Nishikori as someone who's going to could potentially give him problems. I look at Mackie McDonald or Golfan, who you know they're all good for a set to, to really upend him. Um, but he'll go through. You know he might lose a set maybe. Um, you got another young American, Jensen Brooksby, who's definitely got a ton of potential. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and then you know Sonego, who's also there, but uh, definitely Djokovic going through to the semi there. Um, in that second half there, or the second quarter, I, I'm looking at where Zverev is, and and um, you know, um, you know, it's it's a tough one there, but he's actually not the one to watch for me. Um, it's not Kachanov or Shapovalov or Shapovalov, sorry, or um, you know, Nishioka or any of these guys. I actually am looking at. Riley Opelka, um, Riley Opelka is tough, and if the conditions are fast, um, you know he can actually have a baseline rally and can generate some breaks of serve. He's got had some decent results. Um, you know I've got Opelka going to face Djokovic, and he's going to about in easy straight sets um, to Djokovic, who's going to advance to the final. Um, and then I've got him the the next section here, um, my pick, you know. I'm not going to start to deviate now. A, a few, two or three Grand Slam podcasts ago, I said in the next five, it's going to be Pass's turn. He almost, he was a set away at Roland Garros. I think, you know, he's a little messed up in the head um, for sure. Um, he's definitely bruised. But I'm not sure if it's going to be this one or if it's going to be Australia. But I think he's going to make a big run, like a big run to victory. Um, but I am going to put him there because... I just feel like it's it's coming so I'm not gonna go against my own words of wisdom there so CC um, pass into the semi there um, and then the bottom half you just can't not pick Medvedev I mean, he's just that's guy guy's gonna be ridiculous to get out in best of five um, everything's gonna have to sort of go against him um, and I just don't see it happening so um, I've got Medvedev versus um, versus mr CC Pass and I think that's going to be an absolute war, Um, yeah. And you know I'm not quite sure, Um, but for you know for dream purposes, uh, you know I just I don't think Medvedev is going out, Um, and so we're going to go Medvedev there and we're going to have Djokovic in the final on the top. So Djokovic and Medvedev, and this is not an easy one, not so clear cut. I you know I'll be uh, rooting to see a, a. uh, the, the, a Grand Slam champion, meaning all four slams in a calendar year. Um, so I want Djokovic to win, but usually what I want is the opposite happens. This could be Medvedev's breakthrough. I'm a thousand percent unsure here, um, but I'll be rooting for Djokovic, so I'm going to say Djokovic take the title.
1: Yeah, it's, it's his time, right? There and like is. I said, it's just going to take something. You know, you would love to see a guy like Kyrgios maybe face off against Djokovic. But he's really far away from him. Plus, he's got Batista good in the first round, which is, you know, I know it's heartbreaking for everybody. He's probably going to lose first round. I would definitely not bet on Kerrios to win that match. Still think he's the biggest waste of talent on the men's side I've ever seen. And not, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying that because he has so much to offer. And you, would, you really think that, especially with Fed out, with Nadal out, if he got on a run and he made, like, the quarters or semis, it would be really good for the tournament. But... I mean batista good is so professional and the guys you know i looked at their head to head actually partially before we came on air and it's one one uh he beat him uh, curious beat him in 2015 in japan where he had a great tournament and he won that and then earlier last year at the the uh, atp cup in brisbane batista good, beat him relatively easily so i just i think it's going to be a really tough you know task for uh for nick and it's, it's a shame and you know, it's, we'll see what happens with him. But I also think a guy that we didn't talk about is Hubert Hercatch. This is a guy, Parse, I watched him a lot in Toronto and he's one of the most boring guys I've ever seen <sighs> in terms of personality, but his game is so durable, Yep. serve is incredible, like I was watching him serve and his technique is amazing, he's like, he gets so much cover on the ball and he's so consistent, his forehand is good, he's tall, he's fast, he's lean, his backhand is good, everything is good. His mentality is good, he's very level-headed, he doesn't get upset, he doesn't get angry, he's right there, he's got a good coach, Works. I mean this guy, another guy definitely is going to be top 10. I think in the next 18 months, you're going to have probably him. You're going to have Sinner. You're yeah. going to have Kumber. Then, you know, you're going to have obviously, you know, Sisipas and Medvedev. Djokovic will be around still. You're going to have Rublev. And I think that's pretty much going to be the bulk of your top 10. Guys. He reminds right. me of like a Burdich type of guy. You know, he's like going to work hard. Type guy. Absolutely. And, but he's. I mean, he's, so, he's really good. He's super boring. I think Burditch was a bit more entertaining. Yeah. His a more, more fiery guy, you know, you would get under your skin. This guy's like, you know, flatlining. He doesn't give you anything. He's just like a piece of, you know, paint drying on a wall. He's he's very boring. He's honest. But if you just look at his tennis, he's an amazing player and he could definitely have something to say at the end of this tournament. So that's that's what i'm going to be watching out for and hopefully it's a great event for everybody i hope everybody's safe and sound and you know everybody enjoys what transpires over the fortnight um, make sure to obviously catch Parson and i on instagram as well as twitter throughout the, the tournament you can follow tennis connected we're gonna have comprehensive coverage with daily previews schedules you know live streaming everything that you need on all of our platforms um, and other than that Parson, anything else for you to say before we wrap up this week
0: no, just everyone, just enjoy it, um, you know, and let let's hope for some high drama and some some amazing nighttime matches and and big crowds and loud crowds and um, and all of it. Let's let's forget about where we are in 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 this time of the world for two weeks, and uh, and hopefully we're gonna have um, a lot of memories from from this U.S. Open.
1: Well said, uh, and to close off there, just make sure everybody downloads this podcast on iTunes as well as on your Android phones. Parsa and I will be back actually in January now for the Australian Open when we preview that event. Uh, So for that time being, make sure everybody stays safe, be good, enjoy the U.S. Open, and we will be back um, in January to preview the first major of the year. Thanks again. Bye-bye.